What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. Welcome to the jungle. Episode 75, we are here. We've made it. March Madness is roughly, what, three days away? Uh, Thursday night, you got some good play-in games, but Friday night, the madness begins. Um, and back in the studio with us, first time in a while, Justin, the Russian concussion mascaro. How you doing? I'm back. I'm good. You excited? You pumped up for the tournament? I am. So Justin was supposed to come to the casino with us on Friday, but you're flaking. Yeah. Work's <laughs> calling my name. Um, so, yeah, we are going to all be down on the coast Friday and Saturday, um, basically bunkering down in front of about eight TVs right in the sports book. And I feel like once I sit down at roughly eight in the morning, I'm not going to get up till probably eight at night. Uh, and I'm perfectly – I am prepared to do that. Um, it's going to turn into a war of attrition, but – we had a year off to prepare, so a year, like roughly exactly a year ago today was like the worst news I've ever received in my life. When the tournament got canceled, I didn't think it was going to happen. I said, there's no way, um, but it did. I remember exactly where I was, and it was a very, very low point. It's whenever the, uh, the virus really became real to me. It took away the only thing I love, um, but it's been a long year, but we have made it. Um, so, what are we getting into? Do we want to talk any Saints football really quick before we get in? Oh, yeah, we can. Um, obviously, everybody saw by now, Drew Brees has officially announced his retirement. And it's like you kind of you knew it was coming. It was pretty obvious. But it still hurt, you know? Yeah. Like, that was 15 years of – like, that's why I, I think I posted about it. I was less than – I wasn't even 10 years old when we got Drew Brees. I'm about to turn 25 in about a month, um, and he's retiring. So it's kind of crazy. Like, I remember pre-Drew Brees, obviously, but it's not, like, vivid. Mm-mm. It's not as vivid. Like, like I remember everything about Drew Brees. Right. Like, I remember every from 2006 going to the NFC Championship game, Reggie Bush pointing out Brian Erlacher. Um, I remember the, the two down years. 2007 2008 I remember coming back from the last game of the season when we knew we were gonna miss the playoffs like as being fucking what 11 12 years old I'm like how the hell did we go to the NFC championship game and then now we're not making the playoffs and then obviously we know what happened in 2009 um so yeah it's just kind of crazy you knew the news was coming but when you really see it and really hear it it sucks it hurts but you know what I don't like Everybody fucking loves Drew Brees now. You see everybody posting. Well, except for ESPN. Everybody on ESPN wants to drag him through the mud. Max Kellerman's a moron. Max Kellerman's the dumbest person. Uh, It's crazy that they even allow people to get up there and spew nonsense like that. But I feel like like they get together and they're like, what's controversial that we can say today, whether they mean it or not? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they got to be... They got to be on opposite sides. Yeah, like what can we get people talking about? Like, there's no way he really believes that. There's no way. He, he went back and took Otto Graham over two days. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I don't – dude, uh, when, he, when he pulled that out, I was like, okay, what, what are we doing? You throw Drew Brees 
back in the era that Otto Graham played, and they're trying to burn him at the stake because they think he's a witch. Like he's he's doing stuff, he's doing witchcraft that they've never seen before with a football. Um, but yeah, so but but like everybody on Facebook and all of that, all the the older generation loves Drew Brees again. It was dragged through drag Drew Brees through the mud the last really calendar year, and now everybody loves him. I can say that I've never been on the side of the fence that uh, that was dragging Drew Brees through any mud ever. Can you? Um, yeah. Can you? Nope. No. No, I, I was never. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a secret Drew Brees hater. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you think we we signed Jameis to a one year deal, and you think we uh, we're done? Sean Payton said there's still some things floating out there in the quarterback market that we could take a look at. Um. Yeah, I mean we didn't give them. Well, we signed Taysom Hill to a $140 million extension. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't give him a ton of money, so, I mean. Yeah. It's, I it's guess a, it's they really could always work something out, you know, if we do acquire somebody from a trade or something. I don't know, but. Three no, two. I like Jameis. I, I I said right when we got him, I think. I've always said I think he'll be the, the full-time starter over Taysom, and I think he can have success. Um, but if Russell Wilson's on the table, see you later, Jameis. I'd throw, yeah. I'd throw Jameis away in a heartbeat. Uh, I think they, they I was reading something like conspiracy theory, like not conspiracy theory, but a trade um, uh, possibility. And it was all like somebody's opinion, but a three team trade. I think it was you send, you send Jameis and the first round pick to no, 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 no. You send the first round pick and our second round pick to New York for Sam Dalton. Uh, Sam Darnold, Sam Dalton, uh, for Darnold. And then we trade him and somebody else to Seattle for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Jets don't need a quarterback. They're going to take a quarterback. Yeah. What are they going to do with Darnold? Just hold on to him? Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him, but. They could get a first and second round pick out of it. Yeah. And then trade whatever, Darnold and whoever else, to Seattle for Russell Wilson. I mean, you'd have to send, obviously, a lot more. You'd have to give up a lot more. But if there's any way that we can get Russell Wilson, like if we keep our core guys intact and add Russell Wilson, we're it's Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I hope we make a play for it, but we'll see. Yeah, but uh, like with Jameis, dude, the playoffs are definitely in the realm of possibility. I think the playoffs definitely are, yeah. We've, we've done a – And you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And if I was – and if I were per- to predict something that's going to happen, I would say that he exceeds everybody's expectations. I think so. I do. With Sean Payton? So I think he's capable of being one of the top a top 10 quarterback for sure in the league and then um, under Sean Payton because I just think that it wasn't a good fit. I mean, you look, he had weapons in Tampa Bay, Their cutter was but the idiot. offensive line wasn't really there before Tom Brady got there and then they didn't really have any type of a running game for Jameis's whole well, they, start they of never his career. had they never had stability at the head coaching position either. No. And Dirk so. Dirk Cutter's a moron in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they had him throwing the ball a shitload. Yeah. So I mean that's why he threw 30 interceptions, but I mean yeah, I think you put him in 50 times a game. Put him in the right system behind a good defense which I think we'll end up having uh you know, you might be looking at a playoff win. And he got to learn behind Drew. Yeah. No, yeah, that year behind Drew was a big deal. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I think I'm excited. There's definitely that, like, 
unknown. Whereas before you knew what you were getting. It was just the last four years. It was, we knew we were good. It was just go out and execute. And obviously we couldn't down the stretch, but now it's that like, Ooh, like we could go, we could go one way or we could really go the opposite way. Um, but I feel like we've done a good job of retaining our core guys. Uh, we franchise tag Marcus Williams. I'm sure we're working towards an extension with him. Um, which would help with the cap. We've done a Mickey Loomis and, and Kai Harley are, are wizards with the cap. We've gotten all the way under the cap without having to extend Ramcheck or Lattimore. So now we'll have a little leverage. We're not going to be backed into a corner when negotiating with them two in terms of like, they know we got to get out from under the cap. So our backs against the wall, we'll sign them to a more favorable deal for them. Now we don't have that cap looming over. So we can, take our time, negotiate with them, get a good contract for both sides. A um, couple people had to go. Janoris Jenkins had to go. Uh, obviously, we, we knew we were going to release Quan after the Achilles injury. Uh, he could always come back after he's healed healed up. You never know. Um, who else? Who was the biggest guy that we lost in free agency that you think? Um, Hendrickson. Hendrickson's gone. That's right. He just got signed with Cincinnati. Uh, uh, they gave him, like, what, they gave him $60 million? A ton of money, like 30-something million guaranteed. Yeah, like $60 million total on the contract um good for him dude go get your money yeah. i don't think he'll ever have a season like he had this past year i think he peaked so you gotta go get, you gotta go get paid after that um felt like there was another one i mean we lost janoris jenkins i didn't like that um but yeah who who else who am i missing anybody um kwan i mean yeah it's like kwan yeah he's yeah, to me it's Trey, it's Hendrickson, oh, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. That sucks. Um, I don't know. There's, we we do a good job of finding good players. Oh, yeah, in the I draft. was okay with that. One. Um, that one didn't kill me. I like Sanders. I like what he brings to the locker room. I like his energy and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he they they saw a lot out of Callaway, and we saw a lot out of Deontay Harris. So I feel like they probably want larger roles for them. Harris. Uh, Sanders is aging. Obviously, he had the Achilles injury a few years back. I still think he can produce, but he's not like a top, top, top level guy. Um, but we got a hole at the second cornerback spot. Uh, we've showed interest in Richard Sherman, um, which is I, – I feel like we have a bad habit of chasing those guys that are way past their prime in terms of like Brandon Browner, uh, Champ, right. Champ Bailey when he came, never touched the field. Um, Who's that one that we gave a shit ton of money? Uh, Jerry's Bird. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he was a safety, but yeah. I mean, he had a career year in Buffalo. We threw, we backed up the Brinks truck for him, and then he just never did anything. <laughs> Those were the darkest days. Every time I see the jerseys with the fifty patch and all of that. Oh yeah. In, and I think I don't know if he was there for that year, but he was definitely there like the year before. So that three year stretch of those seven and nine seasons, oh, it was fucking horrendous. Every time I see the jerseys with the 50-year the anniversary on it, I just want to throw up. Um, no, yeah, we're not very good at signing free agents. Um, we're good at drafting players, but I feel like we always we always go two years past when we should get a guy. But you never know. Richard Sherman's a veteran, second cornerback spot. I mean, I feel like he's a guy who'll know if he can still play. He's a smart guy. Um, I feel like he wouldn't lace him up if he didn't have the ability no from what i saw last year i thought it, he still had some something left in the tank so yeah. i mean you put him in our on our defense with with talent surrounding him yep. especially in the secondary i feel like we're we're more talented than most teams no, so. yeah i've turned a corner on marcus williams i really have i turned into i was like we need to we need to resign marcus williams or keep him in the locker room extend him 
Um, obviously, I've, uh, it's no secret I'm extremely critical of Marcus Williams, but his play down the stretch was really good. Yeah, but what what made Richard Sherman so good is his. Uh, it was never really his athleticism; it's his uh, awareness, like yeah, his savvy, IQ, smart, yeah, his technique, and then his size. Yep. Also, so I mean, all that's still there, in my opinion. I think that he'd be. No, I feel like that doesn't. I feel like up. that doesn't go. I feel like the smart ones. You're, you're just you either like Champ, have when we got Champ Bailey, yeah. for example. Yeah, Champ Bailey was really good early in his career because he he, he relied at, on athleticism. He was super athletic yeah. guy. And when we got him, he got burned every every play it seemed. But he never played in the regular season though, did he? I'm not sure. No, he. Didn't. I just remember him being burned. It was preseason. He never played. Yeah, in the we might have caught him before. We did. Um, no, yeah, because I loved Champ Bailey growing up. He was one of my favorite cornerbacks in the league with Denver. Um, and then he, I was like, we always just too little too late. And that was like at a pivotal point of like he was on that um, that line of like where athleticism and, and yeah. sports training was kind of changing to mm-hmm. where now we're seeing like so many freak athletes. Oh, yeah, everybody's athletic. Now. Yeah, so yeah. like. He his athleticism isn't separating separated from today's pack, right? Um, but yeah, in terms of Richard Sherman, I feel like football, like sports IQ, basketball IQ, football IQ, all of that, you don't lose that with age. You lose athleticism with age, mm-hmm. but your your IQ and being a savvy player is always going to be there. So you can the really smart ones, like it's like Michael Jordan developing a jump shot. Like obviously, he's the greatest player of all time, but he knew as as his athleticism was going down. Like, kind of going out the window, okay, I'm not going to be able to go dunk on Dikembe Mutombo anymore. I'm going to have to pull up for a mid-range jump shot. I'm going to be able to shoot a three. Like, so he took way more jump shots as he got older because you have to. He's not, you're not going to be able to go to the rim like you were when you were 18 years old. So Richard Sherman's going to be able to compensate for his lack of athleticism due to age um, and make up for it with his IQ. So, yeah, no, I agree. Um, if we go get him, I'm, I'm happy with that. There's a couple other guys out floating out there though. Uh, Hayward from San Diego, he's going to want a little bit more money, but he's really good. Um, they said we were looking at uh, Awuzie. Where was he at? Dallas. Yeah. They said we were looking at him. Um, so we're we're still trying to make some moves, but and he yeah he just signed with the uh, Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Loomis said we're not going to make a splash. He said we might do a little little something here or there, but we're not making a splash in free agency. Um, I'm interested to see what we do with the draft, but um, there's a lot of promise going into this next year. Um, so we'll see what happens. They did a good job of retaining the core guys. Um, so, yeah. But this is March, so we're not talking about football anymore. Uh, like I said, the tournament is here. The madness is about to begin starting on Thursday, but really starting on Friday. Um, so what do we want to get into first? I mean, we're going to break it down. Uh, we'll go over sleepers, upset picks, uh, who we like to win the whole thing. We'll break down which quadrant is the toughest and which we one we think is who's got the easiest route. Um, obviously, we know COVID's kind of looming in the balance. Uh, Virginia had some positive tests. Kansas had some positive tests. Nick was reading that there's been five other, five additional positive tests out of how many was it? Uh, like 2,300 so tests. So five tests out of 2,300 I mean, that's not bad. That could be worse. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, I would have just never said anything. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have released that information. I was yeah. kind of like, everybody tested positive. Um, Loyola Chicago's back in the tournament with that old bag, Sister Jean. Um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're back. It feels good. Just looking at a bracket, 
feels good. Um, so who wa- what do we want to start with first? Well, we want to break down quadrants, which one we think is easiest, who's got the hardest road. Yeah, and then we can, like, I guess incorporate, like, who got kind of screw with seeding and stuff or yeah. got a favorable seed. Okay, so we've talked about this a little bit. Um, off the bat, I think Gonzaga's got the easiest run. Obviously, they're the number one overall seed, um, so they're typically going to have – statistically they're going to have a little bit easier of a run just by seeding um, and rankings one through however many teams, 68, whatever. Um, But like we said, Virginia's got COVID. Kansas has COVID. Uh, They're playing either uh, one of the play-in teams in Norfolk State and App State. Um, Don't be that guy who's chasing the the 16-seed upset. It happened with UMBC. It's probably never going to happen again in your lifetime. So, are you? Why are you looking at me like that? You chasing a sixteen seat upset? Hell no! <laughs> I hate uh, App State, and I don't really know anything about Norfolk State. No, yeah, Gonzaga could literally—they could let the other team score every time if they wanted to, and still win the game. Um, I don't think there's any way. They've got too many App State. I know them about them a little bit. They aren't going to have a chance if they are the team that ends up playing Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. It's not even worth. Just I have I literally you can see it right here. I have a bracket. It's not filled out except every one seed is moved moved to the next round. Yeah, except Norfolk State. That's a good name. Yeah. Then you got Hartford. Hart. A lot of people like Hartford. Um, I almost bet on Hartford, but what in their conference tournament? Yeah, in the championship game. Um. So yeah, easiest run I personally think is Gonzaga. Um. I mean they got. Missouri and Oklahoma battling and out for the eight and nine, so they'll play the winner of that. I mean, that's kind of tough. Oklahoma's definitely one of those teams that, I mean, they play good, and then they, they're just really inconsistent. But they, against top 25, I think they went on a run where they beat four straight people. Yeah, no, yeah, they beat Alabama when Alabama was considered. Um, like top five? Top yeah, 10. like it was right when Alabama was emerging as one of the better teams. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to worry about o- Oklahoma a little bit. Um because at times it seems like their guys can shoot the three, mm-hmm. but other times it seems like they struggle to score. Uh, they play pretty good defense, but, yeah, I mean, I still think if Gonzaga were to play them, it, it, I don't know how close it would be. Yeah. All right, Justin, who do you think has got the easiest run? Um, I'll flip it around for you. I would say, like, the East maybe. Like you think the, that's the easiest? Not for Michigan necessarily, yeah. but I think it's like the weakest yeah, like the weakest quadrant of, of teams. Because like, if LSU wins and Michigan wins, mm-hmm. I could see LSU beating Michigan. Yeah, I've I've heard a couple people say that. See, okay, we can talk about that real quick. Um, obviously, I would love for LSU to beat Michigan, but dude, I, we don't have the interior presence for Dickinson. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I I do agree with Justin how he said, like, I guess if you're looking at this um, quadrant and you're, like, saying which quadrant doesn't have a real contender, then maybe it's this one because of the injury to livers. Yeah. No, that's big. I'm not a believer in Alabama at the two seed. Um, Completely lives or dies by the three-point shot. Um You've got Georgetown in there who was projected to finish last in the Big East. They won their conference tournament uh, in a shocker to everybody. But you got, a, a, like we were talking about, a overseeded BYU. 
at six going to take on either Michigan State or UCLA. Um, I will say I like Texas, and I love UConn. I love, I love UConn. UConn. UConn can make some noise in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You got Iona, Rick Patino back in they the tournament. They don't sleep on Iona. I think Illinois. Illinois got a tough run. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I do. It, I, it's a weird. It's a weird bracket this year. I do. I think um, you're right with it's it's Michigan's uh, quadrant and Illinois's quadrant that yeah. are, that seem to be pretty tough. And I mean, typically of the, Baylor was the number two overall seed, so it's like that's kind of how it should be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, judging by just overall rankings. Um, but yeah, I personally would say Illinois probably has the toughest in my opinion. Um, but I feel like without a doubt, Gonzaga has got the easiest. So we got to see what happens with Wichita state and Drake on Thursday. Uh, they will take on USC, which I mean, I don't know. That's a tough game to pick too. USC is all about Mobley, uh, going to be the number two overall pick, the big man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've str- I struggled with a lot of games this year, whereas in years past, I feel like I feel like it was easier for me to find the upsets or at least at least get a decisive answer on these upsets. Um, whereas this one, I, I feel very much more in the dark, and I think it's because I know more about the teams. Like, obviously, we've been betting on games for the last two months, probably every single day that there's been games. So I know a lot about these teams. I know a lot about the players, and I feel like that's the downfall because for some reason when this tournament starts, teams that would be 18-point favorites on a regular Saturday are six-point favorites going into the first round, and it's like, what what happens? I get some people just when the lights are brightest and backs against the wall, it's do or die. Some of those teams just like have these miracle Cinderella runs like a Loyola Chicago – um, two years ago, but it's hard. Like, it's hard picking upsets. You really, there, anybody who tells you like this is a lock, there's no fucking such thing as a lock in the March Madness tournament. Uh, but you do have to pick upsets. You can't shy away from it. On average, there's 13 upsets per tournament. So, an upset is um a seed that is two seeds higher. So like a 10 versus a seven. Uh. That that's what constitutes an upset. Eight and nine is not an upset. So that's a coin flip game. Um, so there's okay. There's thirteen upsets on average throughout per, the whole tournament. Per tournament, yeah. Okay. Not just in the first round, yeah, just I'm throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the most popular one, in my opinion, is the twelve over the five. But they're saying the thirteen over the four is like the new twelve over the five. So don't sleep on the thirteen seeds. Um, but yeah, I. I I've had I have one bracket filled out so far. Um, I'm going to do three. We do the bracket challenge every single year. You can do three brackets total. Um, so I'm going to fill out three right now. I currently have one, but I don't know. I'm not decisive on really, really anything. Um, I do have a few games, individual games that I'm going to be betting that I like a lot. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's tough this year. I feel like it's it's weird. No, it is because you just you've seen um, like really good teams that you would expect to uh, like put it together. 
towards the end start dropping some games. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan being one of them, Baylor being another one. Um, and then, you know, you have these teams that are like in the two to three seed range that, you know, you're looking at them and you, you can tell that if they play their best basketball, then then they can compete with anybody. So it's just you're really trying to figure out it's a guessing game on who's going to show up and be their best. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, let's do this. Give me, Justin, give me your favorite team out of any quadrant, out of the whole bracket, five seed or higher to make the final four. Elite eight, final four. Okay. Um, if you had to pick one, five seed or higher, you got to put your money on them to make it. We'll say the elite eight. Um, who, are you, who are you taking? I do like UConn, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I do like... UConn's definitely a popular pick. Well, I don't know that it's popular. It's popular in this room. I like Oregon as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I like Oregon too. I think Duarte is. and not being biased, LSU with them at eight. Uh, I don't know about all that. You, what do you? What about you? Well, doing? I mean, I think if you say, um, if LSU can manage to get past Michigan, which I'm not sure they will be able to. No, yeah, they got screwed with the seeding, like we were talking about. Yeah, that is um, one of the things yeah, I wanted to bring up was that. I just feel like LSU does not – I'm just so used to them blowing it in the tournament. I know, but but to me, and they usually blow it in the SEC tournament. Yeah. But this year it's been a little bit okay. opposite of, of, of recent trends, and – we really stepped it up in the SEC tournament. You could have won there. Yeah, no, we, we should have won. We should have won. To what, what a lot of people consider as the fifth best team or sixth best team in the country. That shot by Watford was fucking horrendous. Watford was giving them work all day in the paint, and he takes a three pointer, and it did not get touched. He airballed it by five feet, and then we still had a tip in at the buzzer. It was oh, no. giving me. It was giving me a. Uh, it was giving me what was his name? Big B. Big B. Williams or yeah. whatever. It was giving me uh, flashbacks of his tip in. I think it was against Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so I'm glad you said that. So I have written down a tip when picking your bracket. Uh, you want to avoid the teams that lose early in the conference tournament. So since 1999, 11 out of 21 champions had won their conference tournament, and every champion in the last decade um, – like NCAA champion, won the whole thing. Every champ in the last decade has made it to at least the semifinals of their conference tournament. So you want to avoid those teams that get out early. So that's a good point about LSU. In years past, when we kind of shit the bed in the tournament, we did not do good in the SEC tournament. So this year, we should have won the whole damn thing. We should have won. Um, so that's a good point. Yeah, which like begs the question, how did we get an eight seed? Yeah. Considering... Uh, I guess you can make really good arguments that Arkansas is better than LSU overall, even though we beat them two out of three times. And then Alabama is the other team that's better than LSU in the SEC. But then you still have two other teams that have higher seeding than us, and that's Florida and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like I just don't get how – we should have definitely been seeded higher than Florida. And in my opinion, Tennessee's overseeded for sure. No, I yeah. got five seed. Like no, I agree. I hate Tennessee. I hate them. Um, no, yeah, LSU got the short end of the stick without a doubt. Um, but making the Elite Eight, 
See, it just the Michigan game worries me. But LSU can score with anybody. They've showed it time and time again. It's just on the defensive side of the ball. We fall asleep. If you play like a really disciplined team, then we're going to get beat, in my opinion, unless we really lock in. And typically in years past, we haven't. I still remember the Marquette game. Yeah, and Michigan's a well-coached team, so yeah, coach of the year. Yeah, Jawan Howard, um, former Fab Five. But, yeah, I remember Marquette. Uh, we beat Yale that one year, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we let them back in. Yeah. Like, they made it we a game. We were, like, smashing them. We were kicking the shit out of them at halftime. Um, no, I remember because we live bet it for LSU. We bet LSU second half because we're like, well, they're about to blow them out the we're water. We were at uh, Scarlet Pearl. Scarlet Pearl, Pearl. yeah. Okay. We're like, they're about to blow them out of the water, and they didn't. Uh, not even close. So the Yale came all the way back. But, um, yeah, just typically LSU fades in the tournament. So I'm hoping to see – I'm hoping to be – wrong on that this year um and i mean if there was a chance to get michigan it's with without livers if dick all it takes is for dickinson to get in foul trouble yeah dickinson gets in foul trouble they get a lot smaller wadford can go to work the interesting thing is i don't think they keep up offensively it'll be i'm wondering how they're gonna if they're gonna play it any different because i just think they play dickinson but not as much as like um, other teams try to play their bigs. It's almost like they're trying to keep them out of foul trouble. I mean, yeah. they have a good backup, and I think the guy's name might be uh, Austin Davis. His last name's definitely Davis. But um, Michigan's your team. He's I don't, a, I don't really know him. Yeah, he's a decent player. But then another thing you got to worry about Michigan is, which they're a lot like LSU in this aspect, is there's not a ton of scoring off the bench. Yeah. So LSU has virtually zero. <laughs> Off the bench, yeah, yeah, no. Hell and no. Michigan has like really one guy, but I, I'll take that can, I'll take our five over their five scoring. Yeah, but I think where they have the advantage is perimeter defense mm-hmm. um, and rebounding. Yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, it's going to come down to Darius Days. We go as far as Darius Days takes us. I'm not sure what exactly. Yeah, he will have to have a big game rebounding. Um, yeah, if Darius, and if, shooting. If he's attacking, I the see boards, Michigan struggle like against mid-range a little bit because they're good on the perimeter but once if a team gets past that perimeter defense and stops before Dickinson and then tries to pop one up that's a place that they're but I think we would really have to shoot the lights out from three to beat them yeah and we can do that Javante Smart's been lighting it up from deep Cam Thomas is starting to hit from deep at a higher rate, which he already shoots a really good percentage but I feel like he's really been on fire yeah he's he's dialing it in yeah so um no, yeah. Trust me, nobody wants to play LSU. Michigan's not happy looking at the eight seed. They would way rather play St. Bonaventure, I can promise you that. Uh, LSU just needs to stay locked in in the first round, and they should handle St. Bonaventure easily. Just don't walk into the game thinking you're going to sleepwalk through it because this is the tournament everybody's dialed in. So whoever's not gets bounced. Um, all right, give me your, um, what do we say, five seed or higher to win it or to get to the Elite, elite Eight slash Final Four. Well, I mean, other than – mine would be LSU, but since I already mentioned them, I guess my furthest long shot to get to the lead eight would be North Texas, <laughs> 13 seed. Yeah, you love North Texas. And I'm letting in y'all in on my secrets. The only thing that's going to hold them back is uh, if they end up turning the ball over like they sometimes can, yeah. then they won't – they might not make it. first, Purdue? Purdue, yeah. Out the first round. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. It, but no, that, if they do get out do the you, first round, who do you think is your their best your best chance five seed or higher though to get? It doesn't have to be your longest shot. Best odds. 
best chance, five seed or higher? To get to the lead eight, I mean, it's tough because, like, to me, a lot of the five seeds or higher aren't that good. I mean, I think LSU is one of the best, better teams that are um, five seeds or higher. Like we already said, we mentioned UConn. Yeah. Um, I guess another – yeah, to me, it's just there's not that many. Yeah. I don't know if I can see, like, many – I mean, I look at USC, Mobley. They got Mobley's brother, who's also a big presence. Like, so they got length down low. But I just don't see – they don't have enough scoring from uh, outside of Mobley. 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 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. ESPN which. loves Syracuse to get to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Syracuse. Who are they playing? They're playing San Diego State. I told you, no, Syracuse. Dude. Oh, San Diego State. That would be a team I'll watch out for the lead eight, but I just don't see them get past and getting past Houston. I don't either, but yeah. I really – I'm not going to lie. I don't know that Cues. I would bet against Syracuse. Cues. They're not going to be able to beat San Diego State. I don't know. I don't know. If San Diego – if it, all it takes is for Buddy Beheim to get hot from three. I know. I just don't – I know he can, but – San Diego State's good defensively. No, and it's, then, it's not like he, he's like. I'm pretty sure he's damn near forty percent from deep. Like he's their best shooter by far. It's not he, he's gonna probably get his. Like he just needs a little bit of help around. San like, Diego State can score. They can, but they're not San Diego State of old. I thought the Mountain West was one of the more underrated conferences this year. But no, yeah, I mean Utah State, Nevada, Utah State's Boise. really good, and I mean San Diego State ran through them so. I don't know. I'd say, I'd, I don't see San Diego State getting beaten in the first round. Yeah, I don't know. All, if that zone that zone could give them some trouble. They'll shoot out of it, 100%. <laughs> Mark my words. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're going big on San Diego State? I'll then? probably bet on them if it's three, yeah. Three points, that's going to be one of my bets. <laughs> Beat them by at least five, six. No, yeah, if I had to pick one, uh, my favorite team – Five seed or higher to get to the elite eight or final four is UConn. It is. I think James Booknight honestly might be the best player in the country. When he's healthy, nobody can stop that dude. The only thing that they're really lacking is a really big interior presence. They have Sonogo, I think is his last name, um, but he's extremely raw talent, not polished at all. Um, but they rebound the ball really well. Yeah, hustle. Yeah, they've got um, what's his name, R.J. Cole. He's battling a concussion, but he's expected to be good to go for the yeah. first round. Um, but when James Book's night, when James Book Knight's healthy, I think they went eight and one, nine and one. But without him, I mean, they're it, they fall off drastically. Um, but scrappy defense, really good rebounding team. They remind me of Houston just without the scoring. Um, but yeah, so watch out for them. They should handle Maryland, in my opinion, and I would like – honestly, I would take them over Alabama. Yeah. I think they have good perimeter defense. They've got good re- interior rebounding. Um, all it takes is for Alabama to miss a couple threes, and then that's – I mean, they're as good as they – they go as far as their three-point shot takes them. Yeah. So, and they've, they've shown a few times down the stretch here where they uh, haven't been able to get hot. So um, – all right, give me. I mean, another team would be Colorado at five, five or higher. Yeah, that I would say to watch out for because of the injuries to Michigan as well. They would be a team that would have to play Michigan to. Um, they're one of the better free throw shooting teams and defensive teams. They are. Yeah, they no. shoot eighty plus from free throws. 
So, I mean, that's like if you get in fouled, it's know, almost though. knock them down. That's a Georgetown over Colorado 12-5 matchup. Ge- yeah, but dude, I just feel like Georgetown, Georgetown, that story's coming to an end quick, I, I feel like. The, the, the tournament is all about stories. So it's all about the storylines. Patrick Ewing back at his alma mater, leading the team on a run. Who the fuck's Colorado? Boulder? They shoot free throws good? Georgetown, I don't know. Georgetown might be one of my 12-5 upsets. You got to have at least one. There are my. Maybe two 12-5 upsets. There's been many years where there's three 12s beating the fives. Um, yeah, I don't see it. I think just – but it'll be probably a low lower scoring game, but it's going to – it's going to be Colorado making the the shots when they needed to be, I feel like. No, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I've seen Colorado that much. I haven't watched them very often. Um, I watched a lot of Big East basketball, watched a lot of Big Ten basketball, and a lot of SEC basketball. Um, and the Mountain West, I would say, but just because they come on late at night, it's all that's on. Um, all right, give me a five-seat or lower that is your favorite to get bounced first round. You can go first. Shoot, let me look. <laughs> Five seed or lower, which Colorado's in that equation, um, that you think is most likely to get bounced first round. You got one, Justin? Um, Yeah, I do like um, Colorado getting out. But um, I think another one would be Villanova. <laughs> Y'all love going against each other. Um, see, so Villanova's, Villanova's tough because Villanova lost Colin Gillespie, MCL injury. He's done for the year. Um, I don't know shit about Winthrop. I know they're, they're a, good. They're a popular pick. What are they? 22 and one on the year. They play with like a lot of pace. And one. See, do they have a big man? Because I don't know if they have like a real dominant. They're more like they're like a poor man's Alabama. So okay, they're like that type of pace team though to shoot. They're gonna have earlier in the shot clock and stuff because yeah. Vill- Villanova's gonna go to Robinson Earl. Their power forward right. down low. He's gonna control the game. He's very fundamentally sound. Um, he's gonna get his for sure. So they're gonna try to put him in foul trouble. Villanova likes to push the pace a little bit too, but without Gillespie, uh, they're gonna need Jalen Samuels to step up big time. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's definitely one to consider. But see, I was looking at it and I'm like I'm like that's I got too many 12-5 upsets. I was like I got to I'm going with Nova there just because they've been there before. Jay Wright is one of the top coaches in the sport. Um I don't know that I see them getting bounced first round. I don't know that I I can when I have other 12-5s that I'm considering, I don't know that I like them to be the first out. But that's definitely, I mean, that could very definitely happen. Um, no doubt about it. Yeah, the biggest thing you got to worry about there is when picking your bracket, it's like I just don't know how much more of a threat there is in the second round. So, like, you might be a double loser there kicking Villanova out because Villanova could easily get into the Sweet 16 with with the matchups that they would have in the future. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And that's another thing. So, like, when you're picking these upsets, so if you're in a bracket challenge, the first round's worth one point. So if, you, if you're considering an upset, like, oh, you want to take that, but I don't know, look at the next round and see if you think that team has a chance of winning the next round, the favorite, like the team that you, th- that you think might get upset 
but uh, maybe I'll just roll with them because they're the favorite. If you don't think they have any chance of winning the next round, then it might be worth rolling the dice on the upset and getting that extra point that not that the majority of people aren't going to have. So that's something definitely to consider. Um, Cause yeah, because you don't want to lose out on yeah double the points. Exactly. So. Exactly. Like, yeah, if you say you're looking at, for that game, for example, Winthrop, you're probably not going to pick Winthrop to beat like if Purdue's expected to win, say Purdue wins, you're not going – say Purdue has a dominant showing against North Texas. You're not going to feel good about your chances with Winthrop going up against Purdue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but with Nova, I mean, that'll be a close – that'll be a tight spread probably. Right. So it's it's just how you look at it. You want to – it's not – and you're not going to pick a perfect bracket. I think you're like – 13 trillion times more likely to get struck by lightning. I think that's accurate. No, I'm not even kidding. I think that might be the accurate um, the accurate statistical chance of you picking a perfect bracket. Um, but, all right, give me a five seed or lower that you think can get bounced first round. Well, it be Purdue. Oh, yeah, that's to right. To North Texas. That's or, right. Yeah, Nick's huge on North Texas. Yeah, I'm big on North Texas. Um, They're good defensively. And the reason I, I think Purdue's a good team and – you really do have to worry because, in my opinion, as far as contenders are concerned, they played in the toughest conference. Like, I think that the Big Ten is probably the toughest conference as far as legitimate contenders is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they have some impressive wins, but then they have some, like, head-scratching losses to where if Purdue is struggling for shooting the ball from outside and um, what's his name? Xavier, is it Xavion Williams or Travion? It's Travion, it's Travion Williams. Yeah, he's their best player. He can pass from the post. So, I mean, he's gonna ha- obviously he'll have to have a big game. But I, I don't know. I think North Texas has the pieces to match up against against Purdue. Yeah, and if North Texas doesn't turn the ball over an astronomical amount, then this, I think that this is gonna be a close game, and that North Texas has a chance to win in the end. Yeah, Purdue cannot shoot the ball well. They've got Jaden Ivy, the freshman, who cannot shoot at all he's gonna brick one off the he side shoots of the him a lot too he's gonna more throw than he one, should he's gonna throw one off the side of the backboard without a doubt they've got the guy who's balding the short white guy who's losing his hair um late game situations i've never seen anybody fuck him up more than that guy um i don't like purdue at all that would be one that like i've before we even talked about it i was considering north texas actually because i was talking to my dad about it and he's like oh there's no way purdue loses and I was like, have you watched Purdue? He's like, I've seen him play once or twice. He said, how many times have you watched Purdue? I was like, at least 10. Like, a lot. I watched him go to fucking Minnesota, the barn. and Yeah, it's and like you're begging them to give it to Travion Williams. Every like, single time. Every possession, you're begging them, just give it to him. Get play through him. And they just, you never know what's going to happen. No, yeah, I don't like their coach, um, which I'm drawing a blank on his name. He kind of he reminds me of uh, Iowa's coach. He reminds me of Ed McCaffrey. Um, Prater, I think, is his last name. But, yeah, that would be one I would consider. And then I'm looking at Creighton, and I'm looking at Tennessee. I hate Creighton, and I hate Tennessee. Um, the UC Santa Barbara is a popular upset pick. I'm not going to pretend like I've seen very much of UC Santa Barbara. All I could tell you is that a lot of people are on them, the Gauchos. Um, I can tell you, though, that I've seen a lot of Creighton, and I hate fucking Creighton. I hate them. They've got uh, Mitch Ballack is absolutely a sniper from deep. Uh, Zegarowski is overrated, in my opinion. 
He's supposed to be the go-to guy. He was supposed to kind of be like the Marcus Howard for Marquette. Um, he's not. He could be, but he's really not. They've got Mahoney, um, the forward, where's the Spoggles. Uh, it's a weird look. Um, I don't like him at all. So Creighton would probably be my pick to get bounced the first round just because they live or die by the three just like Alabama, but they don't shoot it as well as Alabama. If Balak has an off game, Creighton's going home. So, Yeah, like I watched Creighton uh, get dismantled by Georgetown. Absolutely. It was disgusting. After they were up like by at least 10 points early. We were then, talking like, about they, that at walk-ons, remember? They went on such a long run of like not being able to score and then just like transition bucket after. It was like it was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen happen. And that's why I feel like dude Georgetown's playing with so much confidence right now. No, and yeah, and I am worried about them a little bit cuz I know y'all love love them against Colorado, but I just I personally never said that. I don't love them. I said there are <laughs> there are 12 of Justin loves them. They're an upset I would consider. I think Colorado just like teams that I look to get upset are um, teams that might play bad on defense, and I just don't think or or teams that might shoot the ball bad from the free throw line. Yeah, and see, Colorado, I feel like Georgetown plays pretty good, D though. Yeah, but they're not a they're, they're not, not a good shooting. They're team. not an upset like for Colorado to be upset. There that something weird's gonna have to happen. I feel like yeah. So they did just lose to Oregon State, which Oregon State also beat a bunch of other people as being underdogs. So that's a team you might want to look at. I know you mentioned Tennessee getting upset. I hate Tennessee. Tennessee is horrible on offense. They don't have a go-to But it was an extremely close game uh, that came down to the very end. And I just think that at the end of the day when it's all on the line that – Talking about Tennessee? Extremely close game came down to the end? Colorado and Oregon State. Oh, gotcha. Right, right, right. No, yeah, but Oregon, Oregon State's a team you got to look out for because of the good defense. But they're not even supposed to be there. Oregon State's an, uh, I know they they're were, hard to gauge. They were projected to finish last in the Pac-12. But they had like impressive wins there toward the end. Yeah. But the Pac-12 is another conference that I'm like, what's up with the Pac-12? Because it was like a team they like uh, they think they had more games postponed slash canceled than most other conferences. I feel like. And the Pac-12 is that fucking. It's a conference. Full of pussies. Like, yeah, it's like who's administrators. Gonna, right. I, I just don't. What's the guy's name on Tennessee? He's got his, it's the white guy. Faulkner. Oh, oh. Um, looks like a skunk. Vescovich or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah. I really no, I, I can't stand Tennessee at all. I loved them when they had Admiral Schofield. And uh, who was the other one? Grant Williams. Um, Jordan Bone, something like that. They were good. They were really good. I, uh, Tennessee was one of my favorite, like, I guess you could call them a sleeper. I think they were three seed. Um, but now it's like, dude, they've got nobody. Nobody who can consistently score the ball. You got it. The, the tournament is about having a guy that can go get you a bucket. Talking James Booknight, Cam Thomas, uh, Jalen Suggs. You got to have a guy that can go at any point in time. Like, shit, we're on, a, we're on a drought. We need a bucket. Who are we going to? Tennessee does not have that guy. So they play pretty good defense. They can get hot from deep a little bit, but it's not. It they're not making it to the Sweet Sixteen. No, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, I mean, so where were where were? I, I guess I'm talking about Santa Barbara a little bit, since nobody really knows that much about them. I know they're the Gauchos, and that's a cool name. So. They have a really good guard, Jacory McCall. Ma, yep, McLawlin, I think. 
That's how you say it. I can't, I can't see what you're reading, but I know you're not the best with names. <laughs> I suck at them. Um, let's see. Ja'Cory McLaughlin. McLaughlin. You okay. never watched Full House? No. Lori McLaughlin. Okay, Ja'Cory McLaughlin. Becky? Aunt Becky. Yeah, he's um efficient she's scorer, in, good at the free throw room. line, and then a forty percent free three point shooter. So got to watch out for him. No, yeah, the turn. I've always said. And it. then he's a good distributor too. So he's a probably their point guard. I've always said from his stats. I've always said it. The tournament is about players taking over the tournament. Do those teams win? Not really. But and the then ones on top who make, of that, the ones who make a deep run, it's Davidson with Steph Curry. It's um. It's Kimball Walker, even though they did win it. I mean, it, it's those players that are going to light it up and take it over. So that could be one of them. Yeah, on top of that, they have um, good defense. Just an overall well-rounded team. They are, they won tw- over 20 games, four losses against decent opponents, but not like something super, super impressive. But, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and they're not playing, a, to me, Creighton's one of the uh, teams that may be Overrated. I thought they were overrated all year. Yeah, no, they 100% are. Um, Another team that I would consider just for over, um, like, shit looming overhead is Virginia to get bounced first round. Ohio's turning into a popular pick. Can't remember his name, but they're saying they got a guy who's, like, the closest comparison to LaMelo Ball um, in college basketball. Uh, in Virginia with all the COVID issues that they said it was multiple players that tested positive for COVID. So who knows if they're even going to show up for one. Um, I'm sure they'll be able to field the team, but even just regular Virginia doesn't scare me like fully healthy Virginia. I feel like they're just not what they were. So that could definitely be a team and they're calling the 13s over the four, um, the new 12 over the five. So we shall see. But, all right, Nick, give me your team to win it all. So I, the way I always do it is I pick one bracket every year. Like, not one bracket. I, my first bracket is, like, the one, if I were to have a perfect bracket, I want it to be my first one because that's how I think everything's going to go. And then my second and third, I kind of switch some things here and there that I think could be toss-ups, how, however I figure it out. It's a cluster. Um, but my first bracket that I pick is the one how that's, like, the true test of if I picked a good bracket or not. Yeah. And didn't just get lucky, you know? So your first bracket, who are you taking to win it all and why? I would go with Illinois because of the double-headed sword that they have. If Livers was healthy, would you take Michigan? Yeah. Okay. So why just because? But I would be big. I would, like, if I were. So this is what happened. Uh, Michigan returned from COVID and looked really good and, like, in the middle of that, not like right after they looked really good, but like kind of in the middle of them looking good, I put a futures bet on Michigan to win it all. And then shortly after that, they uh, they dropped one to who was it? Michigan. Yeah, they lost to Michigan State, didn't they? Yeah, at the end. But then right before that, I think they they dropped one to it might have been Illinois. Oh, I think it, like 10, it was to yeah. Illinois. Yeah. It was like a game. They were getting shit on. And they, they never put, got in a rhythm yet. They came, they came back a little bit. But then, obviously, recent news is that Livers went out. So, to me, him being a really good free three-point shooter, one of the better three-point shooters in the entire country, and then also length on the perimeter is one of the things that I liked about Michigan. Their wings are really good with um, Wagner and then who was Livers. So... 
um, that played a big part in them denying like the post down low and then also defending the three. But now I would have to go with Illinois because of Io DeSumo and Kofi Cockburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Coburn's without a doubt the most dominant guy. Um, big man-wise, I'll take him over Garza. Garza is probably the most dynamic, but Coburn is just going to back you down, and if he has an opportunity to dunk it, he's going to slam it down your throat. Uh, and then DeSumo could have went to the NBA. He could have been a lottery pick last year if he wanted to. Oh, he's going to be he's going to be good. No, he's going to be really good at the at the next like, level. I'm impressed from what I've seen, especially in the Big Ten tournament mm-hmm. from him. It's like not only can he score from basically anywhere, but he can he can pass the ball very well. So it's something you. I just feel like uh, for Illinois to lose, Cog, Cogburn's going to have to get into foul trouble. And then maybe even uh, Io DeSumo is going to have to somehow have a bad shooting day on that same game. Yeah, no, I agree. But, so, I mean, it's not like they have an easy road by any means because uh, you look at them potentially have to play Oak, Oklahoma State, who's one of the hottest teams right now coming into the tournament. And then Houston is a team that possibly is being overlooked a little bit to win it all. Yeah. No, they're definitely a team that you But I think consider. like when of you're my look- three brackets, they they very well might be one, without a doubt. So what what were you saying? Yeah, that's what I basically what I was saying is that I think out of when you're looking at the team and then when you're watching college basketball games, you'll see a big man dominate or you'll see a a score that can't be stopped. And I think that Illinois has both both those things. So to me that gives them one of the better chances to win it all. I know I'm I'm overlooking Gonzaga by a mile. Yeah. So I'm di- totally disregarding them, and a lot of people aren't, but I think feel like that's one of the reasons I am. See, the thing with Gonzaga, and I'll come to you in just a second, Justin, for who you're taking. The thing with Gonzaga is they would have no answer for Coburn. Yeah, that's what – and Timmy would get bodied by Coburn. Um, but on the flip side – um. Gonzaga can handle an off night from one of their guys because they have so many other guys. Right. Whereas if Coburn gets two fouls on him in the first five minutes and DeSumo's having an off night, they're done. Pretty much. They, they've had uh, Corbello has been coming on. And then who's the other guy? The other guy's better than Corbello. 20? I don't know. There's Aver- some guy coming off the bench Is that it, can, it's not, it's that not can hit him from three. Is Anderson the one... Um, on Oklahoma State, yeah, Avery Anderson, the yeah, third, yeah, he it's a guy just like him on Illinois, yeah, but but he's got he reminds me he's got the French braids, and he's good. He he had a he went nuts um, when I think it might have been when Desumu was out, or did no yeah Desumu was out from Michigan. He went nuts against Michigan. Yeah, that was the big thing is that Michigan lost to that's what without I was bringing up earlier. Michigan lost to Illinois when Illinois was without their best player and that. That's when you kind of started second guessing on Michigan. Yeah, without a doubt. No, yeah. So it's I can't remember his name. I I think you're looking it up. Yeah, Trent Frazier. Um, that's who it is. Yeah, that's probably him. That's it. But then Adam Miller's a guy. No, it's Frazier. Okay. Yeah. What pull up the Michigan game? What did he have against Michigan? One moment. <laughs> yeah. The silence was deafening. Um, um, 
but yeah, no, he went he went crazy against Michigan. He's the reason they won. If I remember it correctly, I yeah, he scored twenty two. What did he have from three? Uh, two for five, so it might not be the same guy. But he was seven from eighteen. What did Corbello have that game? I mean, twenty two. Well, that's not a that's not a small. That's not a bad yeah. game. That's like <laughs> yeah, he, but he you, probably averaged I a seven. I remember. I think it was. It was a bunch of guys though that were. They, that's like when Illinois really started showing that the the three pointer they could shoot it at a high percentage. Yeah, I mean. The dude probably averages like seven a game. So here, I'm about to pull it up right now. Let's see. Frazier averages 10 points a game. So for him to hit 22 is damn good. Uh, Desumu averages 20, basically 21 points a game. You're looking at uh, just about 18 for Coburn with 10 rebounds to go with it. So the the best one-two combo is without a doubt going to be uh, Desumu and Coburn for Illinois. So but Yeah, the, but then, yeah. But with Gonzaga... It's they, the three-point shooting, though, for Illinois that's coming along. Yeah. And like no, yeah, they shoot damn near 40%. DeMonte Williams hit big shots toward the end of um. Yeah, I don't know the how The Big many. Ten Championship game. And, um, no, he gets 25 minutes a game, so he plays, but he only He, he averages, doesn't shoot that many. Yeah, he, he averages right under six points a game. But, but he's, he's high shooting, percentage. He's shooting over 56% from the three-point line. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is DeSumo right at 40%, right around 40%. That's damn good for a guy who does so much more than just shoot threes. Um, that's something you – see, the thing with Coburn, though, Coburn's horrible from the free throw line. Um, yeah, that is that. That is going to be a big – But he was hitting them. He was hitting them in the, uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. So – uh, but with Gonzaga, like I was saying, they can afford Kispert to have an off night because then they got Suggs going crazy, and they got Ayayi, and then they got Timmy working down low. Like they they they've got so many options. They've got Nimhard to transfer from Florida. Um, they've just ah, the biggest thing with them is they turn the ball over too much. But they also play against scrubs in their conference, so they're probably not taking it as serious as they should. The pressure in is high. They know okay, we can be down twenty at halftime and still win by thirty. So. Um, and it's like, at what point is it Gonzaga's year, you know? It's got to be Gonzaga's year eventually. Yeah. I mean, they're there all the time, and they never live up to it. Mark Few's got to get one eventually. Uh, but, all right, Justin, who are you taking? You got one in, in your one bracket, your first bracket, who are you taking to win win it all? I do like Illinois. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? But I think my favorite team is Houston. Like, really? I do want Houston to win it all, but – See, I think it would be Illinois. See, I love Houston, like, just as a fan of the team. I've been on Houston for years now. I remember Jordan Poole hitting the buzzer beater. That might have been in the Elite Eight, or it was to go to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston should have won that game. I've been watching Houston for at least five years now. Um, and Houston is a team that can 100% get there. We were, Me and Nick were talking about this earlier. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. They play probably the best defense, team defense, out of anybody. Quentin Grimes, one yeah. of the best two-way guards, uh, can give you 20 and can hold your top score to under 10. Like, he is a stud. Um, Sasser, I think it's Marcus Sasser, uh, kind of hit a little shooting slump there, but he can light it up from deep. You got Dijon Giroux, um, who's like kind of like one of those microwave guys. He can get hot, but he runs the offense. He plays good defense. He can run the fast break, all of that. They got, they got a bunch of different guys. 
They don't have a ton of size, but they've got a bunch of really athletic bigs. So Houston's a team that I like a lot. Yeah, and they're not lazy by any means. No, yeah, they like they're hustling and they their their defense is like to they, me. I don't know have the statistics, but to me, out of a lot of the teams I watch, it's like I'm a the f- team that the defense creates offense the most yeah i'm a fact checker right now but i want to say they hold their opponents to 56 a game which translates to really good um yeah really good on offensive glass so and i'm not even be able to pull it up because the goddamn espn app is stupid um all right here we go let's see so houston holds their opponents to drum roll if I could find it, dude, I can't ever find anything whenever I need to. Whenever you need to find something, it's like it, it hides. It's the hardest shit to find. Um, all right, defensively, Houston holds their opponents to – dude, I still can't find it. Jesus. All right, who gives a shit? They're really good on defense. That's all you need to know. Um, They're definitely a team that could – The whole American is really good on defense. Like, they all play hard defense in the American. No, that's an underrated conference. So, like, when you look at Houston and if you watch them and you're like, sometimes they do struggle to score, but I, be, I believe it has more to do with um, the teams they're going against, the way that just that conference stresses defense over everything else. No, yeah, you got you got Quentin Grimes averaging 18 points. You got Sasser averaging 14. Jarreau's averaging 11. You got – they still got Caleb Mills on here. He transferred. Um, but if they would have had him, then damn, they would have really been in business. Um, but, okay, the, if I – so my one bracket that I filled out, and it's already done, I went with the Baylor Bears. I think, dude, Baylor's too damn good on defense. It could be because I just watched um, – um, Macy Oteague go like nine for 11 from the three point line as their fourth best core, uh, maybe third. But I think Jared Butler is one of those guys. Um, I think they have the best backcourt. Yeah, they, I don't think that's much of a debate. They have the best backcourt in the nation with uh, Jared Butler and I think it's Davion Mitchell. Then you got Teague, who's a sniper. Um, you got Vital down low. You got the white Joe Dirt looking dude with the mullet who can kind of do everything. Um, they play smothering defense. Uh, probably backcourt. When I say best backcourt, I mean two way backcourt. They might not be, like I said, Grimes is up there as one of the best two way players. But the combination of Butler and Davion Mitchell with the scoring they can give you and the defense as a duo is damn good. What are you smirking at over there? Nothing. You're definitely smirking. I'm just <laughs> looking at statistics. But if you look at Baylor's run. Uh, it's either going to be North Carolina or Wisconsin in the next round. Neither one of those teams really scare me. I know you said you think North Carolina could possibly upset Baylor. I don't really see it. I think I don't think they're going to have the success on the boards. Um, yeah, but that, that that's the main reason for me. Offensive rebounding? Yeah. Just because Baylor is just not – if Baylor's shooting well, then no one's going to be able to beat them because you look at the statistics, they got – they got five guys who play 15 minutes or more, and they're all shooting over 38% from downtown. They have one, two, three guys that are shooting um, over 40%. And their best shooter is Davion Mitchell, who shoots 46%. I mean, that's incredible. No, yeah, it really is. They- so, like, basically, they're going to rain threes and play good defense, and you've got to hope to re- rebound it offensively and – and hope they miss more than they usually miss on defense. 
But yeah, no, that that is one of the picks that I was looking at for an upset. But I'll be honest, I, I think that um Baylor will probably win that game. Against North Carolina? Yeah. I, I just I just I don't honestly, know where the think, scoring exactly will come from. I honestly think Carolina. I have I think I have Wisconsin beating North Carolina. Yeah. Like so. Uh but yeah, I mean if you look after that, then you got Villanova, Winthrop, Purdue, or North Texas. Win, 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 win out of either four. So. Yeah, North. It's gonna be North Texas that uh, they play in the Sweet Sixteen, but I know they'll you really handle them. Speak that into existence, <laughs> uh, and then after that, who they would see in the Sweet Sixteen would be um, North Texas. I mean, the Elite Eight <laughs> would be Texas Tech, Utah State, Arkansas, Colgate, Florida, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Oral Roberts. They blow out any of those teams, with the exception of Ohio State, could give them trouble. Yeah, and I wouldn't look past Arkansas either. Yeah, but. Colgate's a popular upset pick. Yeah, it's just I think people are. I don't. Maybe maybe Arkansas was overrated, but I mean LSU beat them. They were without a uh, one of their top, not their best rebounder, but a, certainly a guy that uh, has a big role in rebounding. Like at around five a game, he's going to be back for the tournament. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of people before. A lot of people thought Arkansas was going to win the SEC championship, but when they didn't, I think a lot of people jumped off the bandwagon rather quick yeah. because they lost to a really good LSU team. Yeah. But I think before that, there's a lot of people I thought that were going to have Arkansas in their Final Four before they lost to LSU. If yeah. they would have won the SEC tournament. No, they were rolling. They were looking good. Um, they were one of the hottest teams in the country for sure. And then they got a guy that can score and Moses Moody. I just feel like if they get, like, honestly, the toughest game until really the final. So, say Ohio State gets bounced before the before the Elite Eight. Um, the toughest game is going to be North Carolina or Wisconsin for Baylor, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I just feel like the, the shooting ability combined with the defensive ability, I like Baylor. I'll take Baylor. That's my first one. I'm making three brackets. That's my first one. That's my my like 100% pick. Like I don't know. I feel like it's got to be Gonzaga's year eventually. It'd be hard for me not to have a Gonzaga bracket. Currently, I don't though. Um, but just that defense is so good. If they can get even just uh, even decent shooting, you know what I mean. They've got guys that can create and get to the basket. Mm -hmm. Davion Mitchell's incredible at finishing at the rim. Yeah, and that's like a, a big thing. So, Like for a team that's not that good defensively, not only can they shoot, but they can also – they're not like Iowa can shoot really good from three, but then they don't have a lot of guys that can really create and get to the rim. Yeah, no, they got Wiest Camp. Other than that, that's about it. Right. They got the Poindexter. Other than that, I mean. Yeah, that's an X factor for them. Yeah, they have to drop 20 Yeah, don't game. sleep on Kenneth Murray. <laughs> yeah. um, or it might be Keegan Murray. I don't know. He's got a twin. There's two of them. But yeah. one sucks. The other doesn't. Um, Iowa will go as far as number 15 takes them. And when we when you hear us say Poindexter, when you see him on they play Friday, um, I don't know. No, I think they play Saturday. When you see him on Saturday, you'll know why we say it. He looks like he's like a nuclear physicist. Um, Going back to Houston, yep. they only allow 58 points. 58. I said 56. And that's second good. in the country. Yep. Good. There you go, Justin. Good Good stat uh, fact-checking. No, yeah, they absolutely lock up. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And that's why I like Baylor. Baylor's got 
Baylor play Baylor's better offensively than Houston. They're more consistent. Um, but I love Houston. And just like I really like Baylor is because when your offense isn't there, defense travels. Defense travels. They're going to shut somebody down. If they're having an off-night shooting, you're going to have an off-night shooting as well. And it's going to be a really grinded-out, gritty basketball game. And those are the games that a Houston or a Baylor normally wins. So uh, one team I want to talk about that I feel like it's uh, an enigma is West Virginia. West Virginia could go to the Final Four. West Virginia could get bounced first round. Mm-hmm. You hate West Virginia due to recent circumstances. Where do you see them losing? Oh, the second round. Second round versus San Diego State? Yeah. You love San Diego State. You're going to be hurt if they go out first round, huh? Uh, they're not going to lose to Syracuse. No? No. <laughs> Dude, the whole ACC is like blown out of proportion this year. I don't really – there's some decent teams over there, but as far as like historically, the ACC is not what it was. Yeah. All right. And then Syracuse isn't even in the top half of that, so – Whatever. See you later. Um, all right. What else do we want to touch on? Obviously, we're going to go over our bets. Like, but yeah, West Virginia. I don't the see them. Let's say West Virginia, San Diego State. I just there is not a chance in hell there. West Virginia makes it past Houston. West Virginia is lazy. Houston's will expose them if if they end up meeting in the, in the uh, Sweet Sixteen. I mean, probably so. Yes, I it'll be that. a shit. It'll be a. I'm. Uh, like, let's say they do meet it. Houston will win that game by 15 points. 15? Yeah, it'll be like. Yeah, but the only thing, dude, Culver is fucking damn good down there. He is, but they just don't They don't, they don't go to him, him as much yeah, as no, they, they should. They definitely don't. They don't feed him enough. And they have a lot of, uh, they rely on, like, decent scores to a little. I, I just don't like West Virginia. I don't think they hustle enough. Mm-hmm. No, dude, Bob Huggins is famous for that, having a lot of talent. In botching late game situations, um, and just dude, the, the off they don't. I don't know. I don't like Bob Huggins. I've gone on record saying that before. I'm not a fan of Bob Huggins. Um, but all right. So, is there anything else we want to touch on other than our individual bets that we're taking for the day? Um, no, no. All right, Justin, give me your first pick of the day. For what's day? Thursday. Yeah, we'll start. Are we going to pick the first game for everybody? It's a tough one in my opinion. Virginia Tech and Florida? Yeah, it's a pick on. Yeah, we can. You want to go first? Me? I'll Not go, really. I'll go first if you want. Um, Is that Friday? I, I'm going to take Virginia Tech. Um, I I mean, Florida's lost three out of the last four. Virginia Tech's been going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. They're coming off a loss to do for a win. Bada-bing, bada-bing, bada-bing. <laughs> I mean, what you want? Dude, I hate these both these teams. This is a coin flip game, but mark my words, it's a lock. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no locks, but the Virginia Tech's a lock. Um, the thing is, is like I, know, I don't know a ton about both these teams. I just know that I'm not impressed with either one of them from what I've seen. No, yeah, there's a reason. They're, I feel like eight and nine to those teams that like have potential but are underwhelming. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Florida, the biggest one, I think the reason why Florida ended up getting the seven seed and LSU got an eight seed had to be because of Florida's win against West Virginia in Morgantown. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's pretty much And then LSU blew it against uh, Texas Tech. I mean, I think if LSU won against Texas Tech, they're a seed higher without a doubt. No, I agree. The only thing, Florida's really good at shooting free throws, and they're pretty good from deep. They're right around the same as Virginia Tech. Um from deep, 
But, I mean, this would constitute as the first upset of the tournament. It's 10 over 7. So, I'm going to go with Florida, not because I know a ton about either team, but just because I feel like I was more unimpressed with Virginia Tech. Okay. And I feel like the SEC is being overlooked a little bit. Okay. Justin, who are you taking first game? for? Uh, uh, I like Trey Mann. That, yeah, that's how you said mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him a lot, but I think Virginia Tech's going to win. I have them written down. All right. 2-1-1. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's not one that I would have given y'all, but it is the first game of the day. So it's like you, I'm a bad on it probably no, yeah, just I to will. get it started. I will. You got, yeah. Um so yeah, you got you always got to bet the first one. Uh, you got games staggered thirty minutes apart throughout the entire day. Um, but all right, give me your first real pick that you had. Wait, is that one you had down? That, yeah, that was actually one oh, I had down. Okay. okay, give me your second one then. Um, I like Winthrop plus six and a half. Jesus Christ, Winthrop plus six and a half over Nova. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I even though I got. It is a. I mean, people are fucking hopping on Winthrop's wagon though. So, I mean, if there is a team that you think is going to upset for the win, if they're getting a good amount of points, might want to consider tossing them on the spread just for extra insurance. Um, but all right, Winthrop plus six and a half. Nick, what's your first one of the day? I feel like we're going with all underdog. Obviously, everybody knows it's going to be North Texas. <laughs> if North Texas <laughs> loses, it's either going to be by twenty or it's going to be by one. Okay, <laughs> no in-between? No, like it won't be, be a thing where so Purdue's up two possessions and ends up covering with foul, in the foul shooting type you. of a yeah. game. I, yeah, I, I know like what eight. you mean. I know what you mean. Okay, so they're either getting blown out or it's going to be like a buzzer-beater situation. Yeah, I feel like they're going to either – most likely they're going to get blown out or they're going to win a close one. But I I guess there's a possibility that they do lose a very, very close one. Okay, Um, another stat for you. So teams that are favored by five points or more – Cover in the first round at an 85% clip, if I'm not mistaken, from what I read. That's a crazy stat. Five points or more, they cover at an 85% clip. Four and a half or less, maybe it was five and a half or more, five or less, the favorites cover at 53%. Fact check me on that. Let me know if I'm wrong, right. like, later on. But I'm, like, I'm pretty, I'm, like, 95% sure. Um, first one that I like, my favorite pick of the day, it's got to be, uh, it would be considered an upset, a 10 over a 7, but they're not, it wouldn't be an upset on the spread. Give me the Rutgers, oh, what are they, the fucking Scarlet Knights. Scarlet Knights. I knew they were the Knights. Give me Rutgers over Clemson. Clemson's overrated. Um, you're getting, you're giving one and a half with Rutgers. So, they don't play till 820, you got to wait it out, but. That's my favorite. Yeah, I, lo- I like that pick too. It, like I said, the tournament's about players that might taking be the, over. To me, that might be the smartest. Like North Texas is a team. I'm gonna be honest. It's, it's a team that has their biggest problem this year has been turning the ball over. But when they don't, they're a really good basketball team, and that's I'm betting on them not turning it over when it matters the most. Yeah. So, but yeah, this Rutgers pick, your Rutgers pick, that to me is one of the smartest picks of the day. Yeah, that's the one I feel absolute best about. The tournament's about storylines, um, and it's about players taking over the tournament. Ron Harper Jr., the son of Ron Harper, could very well be one of the players that uh, makes a name for himself in this tournament. He's averaging 15 points a game, shooting 45% from the field, 
Um, he's a guard forward combo. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can shoot. He can back you down. He can do all of that. Clemson, very underwhelming. Um, not a fan of him at all. So I'm going to stay far away from that. Uh, I really like Rutgers, scrappy team. Um, so that's my favorite pick of the day, without a doubt. Um, all right, let's see. Give me another one, Justin. Um, I like Georgia. Did I say Georgia Tech? No, yeah. you did not. Georgia yeah. Tech plus three. You like Georgia Tech over Sister Jean's Loyola, Chicago. What are they, the Ramblers? Yep, Sister Jean's going out. Interesting. Where are you at on that? That's a tough one because, I mean. That's a that's a coin flip game for me because you, this is a very defensive. This can be a low-scoring game. Yeah. Like an extremely like, low-scoring game. Might be 50. The over, on each side. The over-under is 126. So it, it, the likelihood is that it'll go under. And if it goes that. over, then I think Georgia Tech won the game. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Is that one of your picks? Um, You know, it's a tough one right now. I really would like to be able to look into it a little bit more. But, yeah, tentatively, that would be, that would be one of them. The biggest thing that concerns me with Loyola Chicago is obviously – they really slow the game down. They play very good defense, and mm-hmm. then they're they can score, but it just doesn't look like they score a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like a thing where they struggle to score. It's no, they use the whole shot clock and then score on you. So they're efficient yeah. as far as that's concerned. So that to me worries me a little bit, and I think that's why they're the favorite. Yeah. No, I agree. The best player on the court's Jose Alvarado. So that's Georgia Tech, uh, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, extremely scrappy. He averages a, like an unrealistic amount of steals per game. It's got, I think it might even be more than three. I could be wrong. Um, Sister Jean, you might as well not even risk getting COVID. Just stay home. I'm sure she's not going to go. But don't even take the risk because they're probably going to be one and done. I think I, I would take Georgia Tech there as well. Um, how, how Does Georgia Tech turn the ball over? Do they turn the ball over? Probably. Um, they're not the best team in the world, but turnovers, 11 per game. Okay, that's not, like, super bad, that's I feel not, like. No, that's Because Houston turns it over, like, 10 times a game. No, yeah, it's not terrible. Loyal oh, Chicago. 11. Yeah, so that's not bad, but I think that would be the biggest thing that will worry me because I do think that Georgia Tech can find a way to score on them. Loyola is the best defensive team stat-wise in the country. Loyola is at fifty five point five. Yeah, points but like I feel like look at, you got to look at strength of schedule there. Yeah. Drake, if Drake fully healthy, then I feel like Drake wins that conference. Yeah, but they they didn't have it with the luck. They have bad luck. So yeah, I don't know. I think from what I've seen is that I just feel like Georgia Tech does have with with um, Moses Wright and then you said Jose Alvarado. I think that that could be a problem for for Chicago, who hasn't played in players like that this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, is that one of yours that you're taking as well? Yeah, I'm going to call it in just because I feel like it should be under, like, a two-point spread either way right now. And mm-hmm. since you're giving Georgia Tech a whole three, then I feel like that's a, that's a good bet. Yeah, I'm going to take them as well. Um, let's see. I know there was another one that I liked. Um, obviously, you're on North Texas plus seven and a half. You gonna money line them? Um, probably not. No. And the reason is, is because I've uh, like after football season ended, I sucked at betting again. 
So, like, I tried experimental ways to find different ways to make bets and stuff, and it just shouldn't have done that. Should have just stuck to straight minus 110 bets against the spread and over-unders. I feel like that's the safest um, way to bet. You want to bet on your percentages, not on, like, particular – not put too much invested into one particular game, if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think about Texas Tech minus 4.5 over Utah State? Um. Obviously, Utah State's best guy is uh, Kada, uh, Nemius Kada, Nemias, whatever. I don't know how you pronounce his first name. Um, big dude. He's got to be, I think he's seven feet tall. Yeah. He's exactly seven feet tall out of Portugal. He's big. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. And athletic. I feel like Texas Tech can neutralize that. They're good enough defensively that they don't necessarily. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be. He's not. This is that's an interesting thing is he's not uh, he's more of a defensive presence than yeah. an offensive presence. Well, he is 100% their lead, sure. He is their leading scorer though, fifteen points a game. Yeah, but but yeah, no, he's not a go. He's not going to dominate you, in my opinion. Like, and it'll it, be interesting though because Texas Tech. I mean, how many big dominant guys are there over there? Uh, the they don't Texas have a ton. Their leading is, rebounder is six seven. Yeah, and he's a very scrappy player. Marcus Santos Silva. I'm pretty sure he was the VCU transfer. If I remember yeah, correctly, so, could I have mean, been Wichita State. One he's going to have to. He's a very good defender, undersized though. So you got to worry about that a little bit. But the biggest thing to me, which scares me, is if Utah State can shoot the ball against them. Mm-hmm. And at times, Utah State has been able to shoot the ball, but uh, they're not. They're not as good as of shooting as sh- they're not as good at shooting it as they usually are, from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know I'll add a few more on Thursday, but I mean on Friday. But I think that's all I got that I'm willing to give out on the podcast as of right now. Um, but Saturday, to start it off, I'm definitely going to take LSU minus one and a half over St. Bonaventure. Um, they just got to stay locked in. You got to come in ready to go, and they should they should walk away with a 10-point win easily. So that's my first one. You got one, Justin? What are you looking at? Yeah, and I'd wait oh, on that one. On which one? You think the line's going to flip? I'd wait on LSU on them both. The bit, LSU opened at a two-point favorite. I don't think that it's going to go any higher. Yeah. So uh, the worst thing that could happen here is that it goes back to two, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. I do think that uh, I like St. Bonaventure. But, and, um, but if I'm being totally objective, I just think that LSU is too talented and won't overlook them. LSU has three guys, and then they're playing their best basketball right now. So, yeah, LSU has three guys that are going to play in the NBA. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do think that it would be smart to wait because I don't think it's going to go the other way. The line meaning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, give me your next one, Justin. Um, we're on Friday now. I mean, we're on Saturday now. Well, obviously, I would take Georgia Town plus five. So my other one would be. Texas minus eight and a half over I like Abilene that. Christian. Yeah, I think I like that. Texas is one of those teams. That's a team that can make it to the Final Four. Texas, if they're bigs, if they get consistent play out of their bigs and just solid play out of their guards, they don't need spectacular play out of Ramey, out of um, – what's his name? The one – he had leukemia. Why am I drawing a blank? Dude, I've been drawing a blank all day today. Um, who's who's Texas's guards? They got Ramey. They've got Coleman. They all look the and same. And the other guy is who you're talking about. Yeah, they all Jones? got the same build. They're all like six two. Um yeah, Andrew Jones and then um Coleman, Matt Coleman. He he's probably the guy. It's gonna all rely on him. The biggest thing 
was I, I was big on, and obviously Texas looked really good early in the year. But I just wonder, like at times to me, it gets it into the shot cock and the wrong guys taking the shot. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. So, um, I don't know, but yeah, against this team, who are they playing? Texas, Cr- Abilene, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Abilene Christian. Yeah. Is they from Texas? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the spread, it's it's definitely a game I would consider. But I mean, if I would worry about it a little bit, just because at times it feels like Texas plays a little bit undisciplined. Yeah, um, I like UConn minus three, without a doubt, over Maryland. It could be a close, scrappy game, but I think UConn pulls away in the second half. Um, I'm definitely looking at Ohio plus seven and a half versus Virginia. I think Virginia, I mean, with COVID and everything, they've got a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of things to worry about. So Ohio is a good team against the spread 14 and seven, the ride and four out of the last five wins. Um, they're coming off of a good, a big win against Buffalo, who's arguably the best team in that conference. Um, so yeah, you're getting plus 285 on the money line with Ohio too. So that's definitely one to watch. Jason Preston, He's going to have to have a big game for them to cover this and potentially win. Um, and, yeah, I mean, what else? What else? What else? What else? Obviously, Creighton's seven-and-a-half-point favorites over UCSB. Um, UC Santa Barbara, that would be a team to consider covering the points there. Yeah. So what else do you think about taking, Nick? Um, Santa Barbara's going to be one of mine. Yeah. Uh, plus seven-and-a-half. So a team that I think can win outright, so. Obviously, I think I should bet on them yeah. with the points, getting that many. So, um, I don't know. Just briefly looking, uh, I had a lot of the same ones as you. LSU was certainly going to be a team I bet on. UConn minus three will be a team I bet on. Um, it's interesting because some of these other spreads, a, t- a game I'm a little bit conflicted on is the Oklahoma-Missouri game. Yeah, that's a tough on one. On one hand, I could see Oklahoma winning this game because at times Missouri just doesn't look like that good of a team. I think Oklahoma, to me, doesn't ever look too bad. They just don't – they do play in a, a, a pretty good conference. All around, I think that the Big 12 is like the best conference. I think they have a lot of uh, – right there above mediocre teams that could cause some noise in the tournament. And then they play a lot of close games, so Yeah. I don't know. I would I would slightly edge Oklahoma there, even though they haven't been playing their best lately, but Yeah, I don't know. I know you were liking Missouri, huh? I just I like Missouri. I I, I they're think- a team lately that seems like they're getting it like in the tournament, SEC tournament, they looked even though they got knocked out, they looked uh, better than I expected them to, I guess. Is what yeah, I they say. need they need consistent play out of Tillman, their big man. Um, Xavier Penson is a really good guard. Um, they've got Drew Smith. Um, they've got some guys that can shoot. They can get to the basket. I do like Missouri. I don't know that I'm going to say I'm taking Missouri over Oklahoma. Um, I'm still a little undecided there, but like that could definitely be one that I flip-flop. You know what you're getting with Oklahoma. You're getting – I mean, I don't know. They're kind of an enigma too. Um, what's his name? Tall white dude. I'm drawing a blank on every Brady Manic. Brady Manic. Um, if he can get hot from deep, then they'll probably win because they get pretty decent guard play. And then who's number two for them? I'm not gonna be able to tell you off the top of my head. He's a guy uh, that can get hot too. Yeah. And make threes like. 
Well, they've got Austin Reeves. Yeah, he's number he's number their, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's their guy. He's averaging eighteen points a game. Um and you, I'm mean, bad I'm bad with remembering names, especially in college basketball. Umoja Gibson. Yeah, Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. And then Davion Harmon uh is another guy that scores a ball for them. But yeah, I think Gibson, he's their best three point shooter. You gotta watch out for him. Yeah. Um, Justin, how many more you got for Friday? Um, or Saturday, sorry. Saturday, just two more. Um, I like Florida State mm-hmm. at ten and a half. And then I also like Iona at plus sixteen and a half over Rick, Alabama. Rick Patino back in the tournament. Um, okay. You like Alabama there? Seventeen? No. no. Oh, he uh, said he likes Iona. Iona to cover. Okay. Interesting. What about you? I don't know enough about Iona other than Rick Patino. No, yeah, me neither. So, I mean, that's definitely a plus, but, you know, Alabama's a team. They could beat, I don't know, Iona, but, I mean, they beat a Mississippi State team who's not that bad, about 40, so. Yeah. Um, what are what are your remainder, remaining games for Saturday? I'll try to give you one more. Um, and we're going to break this down round by round. So, um I don't know. Right now, I got LSU, UConn, U, UC Santa Barbara, and Oklahoma. Yeah. So I got four for each day. I think I'm just gonna stick with that. I mean, another game I would consider, but I might add it later after I look into it a little more. Is Florida State. Okay. I feel like Florida State's in a position uh, where they didn't perform as well as they hoped in the Conference ACC tournament, tournament and uh, they could come out a little more extra motivated. I, that's one of the games. If you're looking at an upset, I wouldn't look. At seeing Florida State get upset. I agree. Um, okay. Well, if we have any other picks, we'll give them out on Twitter. Um, so follow the Big Easy Bets page for any updates, any changes, anything like that. If you have a question on any of the bets um, or any games uh, on the first round, I mean, you can always message us on there, um, and we'll give you our opinion on what we think. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll come back after round two. So I guess we'll do another episode on Tuesday. Yep. Um, next week, and yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll have there. to give out round two picks for sure on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we have anything else? Go Tigers! Except I'm kind of not rooting against them because I got the future on Michigan. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if they win, it's definitely the team I would want to beat. Michigan would be LSU, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. All right, Justin, you got anything else before we go? Nope. I'm just glad it's back. Yep. All right, guys. Like I said, it's been a long year, but we're here. Uh, the madness is about to start. So, like I said, hit us up on Twitter if you got anything else, anything, any questions, whatever it may be. And if anybody wants to come over to the IP Casino, we will be there hanging out. You probably won't be able to get a spot, though. All right, y'all have a good one. Who that? We do. We-